Good afternoon. Well, a few weeks ago, Brian and Liz got married. And when we first heard the date, Evelyn and I were sitting across the table from them, and we said, because it was on the exact date that Evelyn and I had planned to do a weekend to remember, which is the name of a marriage conference. And this is a marriage conference that we were given way back in the year 2019. So we had finally, well, you know, we tried to do it in 2020, and what happened in 2020? And um, And then we tried to do it again, and then we had a baby, and then so this was like, it finally was happening. And so we were like, well, maybe we should skip out and go to the wedding. And then we said, wait a minute, aren't we the people giving marriage counseling here? Would we counsel somebody else to do that? Probably not, so we better counsel ourselves. So we missed the wedding. Sorry, Brian and Liz. Um, And then we went to this conference, and it was really good for us. It was really helpful for us, and um, a lot of good truth, a lot of practical application and help. And one of the biggest parts of it that I enjoyed was that it was gospel-centric. It was gospel-centric. Because really, you know, marriage isn't all that complicated. Anybody going to squawk? Marriage isn't that complicated. (laughs) You know, that's what's the irony about it, is that it actually ain't. In fact, um, one of the things I, I, I loved about the conference is that they had these cool diagrams, and everything was based on some different things. And, uh, and uh, it's, it, marriage is as simple as this. A man. And a woman. Two become one. Right? See, marriage is simple. This was the theme diagram of using the diamonds to represent man and woman throughout the conference. And it had four main points. The first one is... Our dream. What's our dream in marriage? Oneness. Lifelong love. An intimate relationship, right? So what's the big deal? Why is marriage so complicated then? It's because of Our fall. Now the dream of oneness is threatened by isolation. You see, unless a couple is moving towards each other, 
they will be drifting to isolation. It's either or. There's no such thing as standing still. You're either moving closer to each other or you're drifting into isolation. And what causes isolation? A huge word called... Oh, I'm sorry, it's actually not that big of a word. Sin. You have your Bibles? Take them and turn with me to Isaiah 53.6. I hope you actually don't need your Bible to know what this verse is talking about, because I hope you've memorized it. Isaiah 53.6 describes these diamonds here of man and woman as sheep. All we like sheep, it says, have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him, that is Jesus, the iniquity, the sin of us all. So the dream, it's threatened. It's threatened. In fact, it's just gone because of the fall into sin. You name the sin. Selfishness, pride, base sins that are manifested in how many other things. So sin has to be dealt with because sin will drive a husband and wife further and further and further and further apart. So here is the big part of it. What is not our dream, but what is God's dream? What is God's design? Take your Bibles and turn with me to Genesis chapter 2. Is this horn in the way? Can I move this, Bruce? I can move it. Yes, okay. Look with me in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 18. It says this, And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him an help meet for him. Genesis 2.18, a help meet for him. God didn't design for man to be alone. He wanted there to be two made one. Because if we keep reading, if we look over in chapter 2, verse 24, it says, God says, Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. And so we have this dream that's our dream, and isn't it interesting that it sounds a lot like God's dream, doesn't it? Now, we could invent a lot of things as to what we want to put in here. And if we define this 
according to our own opinions, we're in serious trouble because it's really God's design. So we have to focus on what God's dream is, his design. And his design is oneness. It is oneness. It is unity. It is impact. It is companionship. It's not for selfish desires or fulfillment of lusts. It is for a unity that creates an impact in the world and a companionship between two people. But we still have got this problem, right? So we now have our dream, we have the fall, and then we have God's dream. So how does that change for us? How can we take after the fall and restore the oneness, the unity in God's design? Well, you know, God has done everything required so that this marriage can be a success. You see, the problem with this is is that it doesn't have God. And so we need the the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit engaged in our marriage. May I say, holding the marriage together. And you might be thinking, but wait, there's a fourth line there. What's that? We'll get to that in a minute. Because in order for God's dream to be true, God had to do something, and we have to let God do something. And this is found in John chapter 14. Will you turn there, please? John chapter 14. Do we want a vibrant, living marriage relationship? That means that we need life, and we need God the Father involved. And the only way to God the Father is through who? Jesus Christ. John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. We need God in our lives, and we need to be coming to the Father, the one who designed this real marriage. And we come to him through Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ then can take, and what he uses by his death Ephesians chapter 5 says that he gave himself. He actually set a model for marriage so that the sin problem could be dealt with. And he has, the, the father planned marriage the way it needs to be. And the son has made possible for the fall to be dealt with, for sin to be dealt with. And together, and particularly through the Holy Spirit then, he helps us in the day-to-day of it. Do you see that? He helps us in the day-to-day. God designed it. The Father did everything needed and required for it to be restored, and the Holy Spirit helps us in the day-by-day of that marriage and life. What's the fourth line?
others. Like, wait a minute, I thought marriage was just two people coming together, and it is. But God uses other people to breathe truth of God into our relationship, to bring accountability into a relationship, to help us see when things are not the way it should be, to point us back to truth. We need each other. We need each other. God's design. God's design is here. Holy Spirit, turn the page in John 14 over to verse 26. But the Comforter, who's the one who comes alongside, the one who comes alongside, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name. Do you see this here, the triunity of God? The Father sends the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. He shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. And so again, there's not a lot to it, is it? Marriage isn't complicated. It's very simple. When God is at the center of it. When God's way and design is all together. When we are dealing with sin through the blood of Jesus Christ and dealing with on temptation to sin through the power of the Holy Spirit, it can be very simple. I'm not saying there's not difficulty and struggles and issues. Oh, yes, there are. But the solution always comes back to the simple truth of God's design. And do we trust him? Many of you are here this morning. Do you remember the basketball illustration? The Bible tells us that we are to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Just as you're going to have a lousy game filled with yourself, selfishness, filled with sin, or filled with whatever, so you're going to have a lousy marriage if that's what you're filled with. You need to be filled with, I need to be filled with, the Holy Spirit. Just as a flat ball would be no fun to play a game with. So living a life, living a marriage is a disaster when we are not filled with the Holy Spirit. And so, what's this all result in? Because really, we come down to the basics of marriage, and marriages are falling apart all around us. The world wants to know what is the ideal marriage. Because there's this sense in which, even in the our dream, we've got a gist of an idea of what it is. It may be corrupted or even perverted, but there's a gist of an idea of what it is. But when God's not in it, it's broken. God has to be in it. He has to be in it. And that leads to another little drawing, which again has that marriage of oneness. But it doesn't just stay as two people with God around it. It begins to spread to others, which leads to our mission. See, our marriages are not just us in a bubble. 
it's supposed to be making a difference. That's what Ephesians 5 teaches. We are a picture that should be breathing into other marriages and other lives. Marriage is one of the greatest ways of fulfilling the Great Commission. What's the Great Commission? Matthew chapter 28. Go ye therefore into all the world and make disciples. Did you know that marriage is a discipleship truth topic? Make disciples. That can be most fundamentally in a marriage with children, but it should be this part. Are we being that others and are we spreading the mission of the truth of oneness so that God can be glorified? Because really it all comes back to the Christ and who he is. So what is your dream? Can you think about it? Before you were married, put yourself back in Brian and Liz's situation. You know, we're celebrating their marriage today, their wedding. Back in that time, all your expectations, your dreams, your visions, what's messed it up? Am I wrong? That's what messes it up every time, isn't it? What's the solution for sin? Jesus says, Jesus. God wants us to recognize this, to come to this, to come to, well, oh, wait a minute. We've got to start here before we can come to here which then should lead us to here. Do we deal with sin through Jesus and the Holy Spirit? Are we recognizing that our union needs God and others? And then are we being the others to reach the world? A brilliant way of reaching the world is to reach them by marriages that actually reflect God's design and dream. When people see God's dream in our marriages, they'll say, what, what, what do they have? What do they have? It was really beautiful. One of the things about this conference we learned was that their goal is very much to help Christians, and it's all based in, in Bible truth. But it was evident that there were a lot of people who were attending who weren't Christians. We were attending a Christian conference that was about marriage, and they weren't Christians. And part of it was, and their whole goal is, is what's called multiplicity. This, that mission, that disciple. Are we living a marriage that others take note? That we're bringing them along and discipling them where it all begins with the gospel. The gospel the gospel. Our marriages have to be centered in the gospel. And if they are, it will be a mission. And it can make a difference. But so often, like the world as Christians, we're somewhere in between here. Do you see? And we have to get above this and recognize God's dream and get him in the picture. Then we'll begin to be able to make a mission. And so this was basically, the conference was a, a two-day, evening, day, 
morning conference and spent sessions on this, sessions on this, transition to this, and then coming to here. And what was an intriguing part is at the end of this conference, they had a, all through the conference, you could submit questions. And this question came. Can I have a successful marriage if I do all the things we've been talking about but him not a Christian. How would you answer that question? The speaker answered it brilliant. This was his answer. He said, yes, you can have a successful marriage because God's ways always work. And he was talking about a lot of the other truths that had been taught and developed out the, the meat of this. You can have a successful marriage because God's truth will work. So if God's truth about marriage works, why would you not believe his truth about your soul? So true. And that's why I think we need to be motivated, encouraged. What will we do in our marriages? Are we intentional about seeking God together? God's way, God's design, doing things, dealing with things His way so that we can make a difference to the world and in the world. Will people notice our marriages and say, I want that. I'm not saying we have perfect marriages or that we act perfect and in hypocrisy. That will be disastrous because the whole point of a good, successful marriage is acknowledging this ugly problem. And when we're acknowledging this ugly problem, people see that it's resulting in this. So it's not to just fake this. You can't jump from this to this. You have to acknowledge that's real and deal with it God's way. God's dream to result in a relationship of oneness. One of the things they did throughout the conference as they took this theme, it was this, that unless you are moving toward oneness, you will be drifting toward isolation. It's like two ships. You take two ships, and they're there. And unless they're moving, they're drifting. There's no just static. There's no just holding pattern. I don't know how it works with airplanes. There has to be an active, intentional movement toward oneness. And that's done through God. And so repeatedly at the end of every session, and sometimes three times in the whole session, there was a pause in the, in the speaking and just a time of quiet. And it was titled, Halt the Drift. Halt the Drift. Identify, is there something here or something missing here that needs to be intentionally included in the relationship to halt the drift. 
and begin again the movement towards oneness. And so, I ask you to take for a moment and consider, is there something that is faulty in your dream and expectations that needs halted, that's causing a drift towards isolation? Your perspective and view of marriage, is it God's dream or is it your dream? What's the dream you have for marriage? Consider it for a moment. What is the sin or sins? What's the fall in your marriage that needs resolution, needs restoration? Halt the drift. Identify it. Confess it. Confess it to each other. And by God's grace and power and His Holy Spirit, are you seeking and moving towards the Father through the Son with the Comforter by your side? And when others are speaking truth, helping you in this, do you receive it or push it out? Receive their help so that your marriage can then be a mission to reach the marriages and the couples in your life. So halt the drift. Take a moment. Pray, think, ask the Lord, what is it in my marriage in my fall or my dream where I need, oh, I forgot something here. Our hope. Our hope. We only have hope in God. It's our hope. What is your hope? Some of you aren't married yet or may never be married. Those of you who are not yet married, let me encourage you in this. Consider your dream of what you consider marriage to be and make sure that you're beginning to put it within God's framework of what it is, His design. And if there is sin that is already prevalent in your life that you know is going to get here, you can deal with it too. I'm not just talking about dealing with it. If you're only married, deal with it now. Deal with it. Deal with the sin that God may be glorified. Let's take a few moments. Examine yourself. Pray. Seek God, please. so that we could have hope in our own lives and so that we can have hope in our marriages.
Glorify yourself and each couple who is here today. May each one of us as individuals recognize our fall, our sin. Humble ourselves under your mighty hand. Receive your forgiveness, restoration, and hope. And may each one of us not try to live marriage, do marriage in our own strength, in our own way, but to recognize your ways and live in obedience to you. And may, dear Father, our marriages be seen by our friends and acquaintances, that they may say, there's something different there. May that difference be you, Jesus, living through us and in us. May they see Jesus, not us. And may we glory in you, glory in you, in your truth, in your word, that other marriages may be impacted and changed. May you be glorified in all things, glorified in our own lives, in the lives of our children. And may it spread. We pray these things in your name. Amen.